The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am honored to be here with the New York Times bestseller, Ron McMillan. Ron, welcome to the show. Hey, well, thanks, Byron. It's really a pleasure to have you on the show today. We we uh, we we have a certain guest on our hands today that can definitely help make our life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. So it's it's really an honor for you for to be here with you, Ron. Tell me a little bit about uh, you've you've co-authored three New York Times bestsellers, and uh, you have really laser focused on on the the uh, helping us become better influencers. I want to I want you to talk about your latest book and and uh, and everything you're doing and. Uh, Give us give us a quick summary, and then we'll dive in with some really difficult questions for you. Well, sure. Um, uh, the last uh, 34 years, I've been training and consulting, uh, mostly in corporate America, uh, helping uh, business leaders to uh, be more effective. Then um, about uh, nine years ago, we started broadening to uh, the employees of those organizations, then nonprofit, and now kind of our the society at large is part of our our uh, market. Uh, we focus on how to make people, teams, and organizations be measurably more vital, and uh, that led to our name, uh, Vital Smarts, and we're located in Provo, Utah. Uh, uh, home of the greatest snow on earth, and uh, <laughs> I have uh, four partners in our our consulting firm, and we are the co-authors of the three New York Times best-selling books that you mentioned. Hmm. There's um, a, a, a an overall philosophy that I'm sort of uh, learning from a book that was sent to me by one of your publishers, and. The philosophy talked a lot about habits and bad habits and how to break them or recognize them, I guess, initially. Can you, can you talk with us a little bit about how important habits play in, in some of your overall philosophies? Yeah. Um, what, what we found and what I strongly believe is that the ability to influence our own behavior and the behavior of others is probably the single most important human capacity. Um, if we think of my job as a parent with a toddler, my ability to influence that toddler and the toddler's uh, behavior, influence them not to stick a fork in an outlet, for example, uh, that's the essence of my job is influencing this child. And the nature of that job doesn't change when they become teenagers, and sometimes it's even more important, how do I influence teenagers in the, the choice they make? And by the way, that's the, the same critical capacity that we draw upon as adults in our society, as supervisors, as managers, as leaders. And what we found is very few of us know how to do that well. Um, very few of us know how to influence others in order 
to uh, get the results we really care about. And um, if you think of how many of us, our practice uh, uh, meets the level of knowledge we have about health and nutrition, you'd find not many of us, uh, most of us know a lot more about good health and nutrition than we ever put into practice because we don't know how to influence ourselves to do what we know is best for ourselves. And so this whole idea of influence uh, became uh, critical to our consulting with business leaders. And then we uh, broadened it and said, you know, this is a human capacity that uh, maybe we could make the planet a better place by helping people do this better. Hmm. Where do we learn our own behaviors? How do they develop? Why do they develop in the way that they do? And and why is this important? Well, um, humans seem to be thinking beings. Uh, we think about things. Um, not all, not all can... humans, but... <laughs> We we have an amazing capacity to observe others and see the consequences of their actions and say, hmm, that looks like a good idea or a bad idea. Um, Our our upbringing is a tremendous influence on our repertoire and what behavior choices we make. Um, Certainly, um, um, when we get into the workplace, uh, we broaden that repertoire, seeing how people manage and how they supervise. Uh, But generally, we behave towards others the way we've been behaved towards. So we tend to parent the way we were parented. We tend to supervise the way we've been supervised. And uh, I'd define education as the broadening of options. A uh, more and more educated person has more and more options to choose from. And uh, so I think that most of our behavior is learned, but we develop habits that entrench that behavior uh, very young, very early, and we often don't analyze our behavior and say, why did I do that and what were the alternatives? We tend to just repeat actions and they become habitualized and that leads to a whole lot of problems. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a way to screen behavior in the hiring process based upon behavior and not interview skills? Um, There are a few questions that you could utilize well in the interviewing process uh, that would give you a sense of how people think and how they've behaved. Um, uh, Hewlett Packard does a marvelous job of this. Um, They'll say, for example, we want someone who's a real good problem solver. Uh, We want someone who works well with people. Uh, We want someone who gets others' ideas. And with those traits in mind, then in the interview, they'll say, uh, tell me a time when you had a real problem with a coworker. Describe the situation and tell me uh, 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 what happened. Or uh, can you tell me a time when you were serving a customer and they got unreasonable? Uh, what did you do and how did you handle that? And so you can ask questions about situations and behavior that even if they're tainting their behavior in the best light, you can see how they think about it and what they did and start saying, is that the kind of behavior we'd like? But uh, the very best way uh, in, in, in a, a screening process to bring on new employees is uh, 
do your very best to choose the best, and then give them a probationary period where you work with them and see if they're a nice fit for the, the job you want. And observing their behavior over time in real-life situation is the best way uh, to know you've got the right person. Hmm. Could you give us some examples of how you've been part of changing behavior in a company and, and, and the results, the, the astounding results that you've seen from that? I, I only... I've been reading your book bits and parts of, over the weekend, and by the way, reading my wife some of your book over the, while I was on the phone <laughs> traveling, and she's she's uh, listening in, I'm sure, and, and excited to to hear some of the answers to these questions. But could you share some examples oh, of, of how how you've really had to you know changed changed behavior, basically, and the ability to influence as a result of of, of behavior betterment? Yeah. Um, let me tell you the short version, and then I'd be happy to go as deep as you'd care to in this example. But um, we were called in by uh, Lockheed Martin uh, down in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, they uh, were the main supplier of F-16 fighter jets to the United States government. And uh, they found that the, the government was shopping for a new fighter, and it became what's now known as the Joint Strike Fighter, and it was the largest defense contract in history, $64 billion. And uh, in order to compete, you had to make a prototype that met all the specs and then be the, the lowest bidder. And um, uh, so Lockheed uh, put hundreds of millions of dollars into developing this, and then they realized to become the lowest bidder, they would have to remake how they did business. Um, they realized that there were tremendous frictions between uh, design engineers and manufacturing in engineers, that there were, were f fiefdoms and conflict between union and management, and uh, that was okay when you're doing cost plus, you know, the government will pay whatever it costs to build it plus a margin. But if you're the lowest bidder and you've got to make it for a certain price and get your margin in there, they realized they had to be incredibly cooperative. So the influence challenge there is how do we get people uh, to cooperate uh, more closely on teams and across organizational boundaries, especially uh, uh, groups that have been adversarial with each other? And so it began with the president of Lockheed Martin Aerospace, and he and his direct reports went through a 16-hour training we call Crucial Conversations. And that's based on one of our New York Times bestseller books called Crucial Conversations, which is basically uh, 29 different interpersonal skills that master communicators use to be very effective with each other. So here the executive team learns these skills, and then they're involved in training the vice presidents. And then the vice presidents are involved in training the uh, directors and then the managers down to the first-line supervisors. So the whole management team is being trained in these interpersonal skills in order to maximize uh, cooperation and teaming. Um, it just so happened that there were a group of scientists from TCU who were doing measurements on the TAN assembly lines. And um, these lines are amazing. They're a mile long, and that's where they assemble the, the jets. And each line does the same thing. So they're 
doing exactly the same thing with the same labor pool. And uh, the scientists said, well, wait a minute. Why don't we test what you're doing here? We'll pick five lines at random and put them through the training first and then see how that affects results. Then we'll put the next five through and see if, if we get the same result change, which is what they did. They found that those who had been through the, the training had a dramatic decrease in scrap rates, a dramatic increase in productivity, a dramatic, um, dramatic decrease in costs, and, uh, um, and it, the, all of that meant a huge savings. And when they put the control five lines through, they got the exact same improvement in results. Well, long story short, uh, they won the largest defense contract in history, and uh, the president um, of Lockheed Martin Aerosmith, the Dane Hancock, in a, a press conference when it asked how they did it, he said one of the key elements was us changing our managerial and supervisory behavior. And they pressed and said, what do you mean? He said, we learned skills called crucial conversations. We learned how to have these crucial conversations. We held each other accountable to use these skills as we worked with each other. And he said that was one of the key elements in us getting the contract and being able to sustain uh, the uh, contract over time. Then later, the, the scientists from TCU uh, reported uh, that the significant behavior change was responsible for the dramatic improvement in results. So that's a documented case that's publicly well-known and, uh, and shows how you can create dramatic behavior change in the workplace. Hmm. To me, the definition of influence means something like creative training plus a new form of accountability that makes you better. Is that a that is my definition, not yours, by the way. <laughs> you probably have one, a much deeper understanding of it. But the problem with the, the problem with influence, the way that I see it, is it does involve creative training. Doesn't somebody has to have knowledge and insight and/or the ability to want to test to influence? Don't you have to know what you're talking about? Um, if if you're the person influencing someone else, you're saying, don't you have to know yes. what you're talking about? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, um, most of us, um, the methods of influence we use are very ineffective. Um, we yell at our teenager. We say, you promised you'd clean your room, and look, it's a pigsty. Say, uh, what's wrong with you? Uh, can't you do anything right? And then the very next uh, afternoon, we have that same conversation. And the very next afternoon, we have it again. And somehow our theory of influence is if I yell at them every single afternoon for three years, they'll change. Mm -hmm. But in fact, they just get more resentful. Uh, and we don't we do very good at analyzing, did that method of influence work? Why or why not? How could I improve that method of influence? And it's not a subject we study. We don't say, how do the best influencers influence people? So we tend to be very ignorant. We tend to use the tools that we've seen used rather than having any systematic way to think about how do we resolve this influence problem. And our definition is very simple. It's uh, influencing uh, people to do uh, something different. And uh, we see persuasion 
as trying to convince someone verbally to give you a yes or no, but influence is trying to get them to change their behavior. And uh, so we see influence is a bigger uh, problem than just uh, persuasion. And we see verbal persuasion as just one minor tool in the influence uh, toolbox. Let's just take a quick break, everyone, and we'll be right back. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Hey, have you got that number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. Local Pages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. XYZ affiliate market. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agree that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even comes with state of the art tracking. Ready to start? You can do it a couple ways. 866XY7Page. It's cold free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. Charles, come on up and tell us about the great ROI we're getting from Revenue Wire. Thank you. Since I signed up with Revenue Wire, conversions have increased dramatically. Revenue Wire has an integrated shopping cart called SafeCart that offers highly accurate sales tracking, boosting our conversions through the roof. And now that they've added multiple international currencies to SafeCart, we're looking forward to seeing significant increases in our overseas sales of PC utility software from LavaSoft, PC Tools, Pareto Logic, and AvonQuest. With up to 75% commission, real-time sales tracking, free in-depth sales analytics and reporting tools, campaign optimization resources, and now weekly payments for top-performing affiliates, our sales are climbing higher and higher. Thanks to RevenueWire. Find out more at RevenueWire.com. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. Purse Strings, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Back with you, Ron. Thanks for being on the show today. So off You're welcome, off, David. <laughs> off the track, no pun intended, are you must be a skier being from Utah. Hopelessly addicted. <laughs> <laughs> How many days do you log a year? Oh, let's see. It's been crazy busy lately, but I'd say at, at least once a week. <laughs> Good for you. And favorite favorite mountains? Where are you near? You know, I I love Sundance. Uh, where where I live here in Utah, uh, I'm 45 minutes from seven different ski resorts. Uh, <laughs> but I love Sundance. That's a special place. I've been going out to Alta Snowbird now for, uh, I don't know, five or six years, once a year with, with a group of friends, and uh, it's just consistent snow. It just It's always great conditions out there, so lucky you. 
greatest snow on earth. <laughs> Don't tell anybody, though. <laughs> I think people are slowly finding out. So, in in your mind, you know, is 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 the problem with corporate America more of an influence and training and development problem? Is it more of a bad habit, you know, uh, problem? Um, a combination of both. Where is corporate America going? And and by the way, how do we compete? Uh, as far as our ability to influence and better our businesses on an international spectrum these days? You know, um, we had a real interesting experience, the uh, co-authors and I. Uh, our book, for example, Crucial Conversations, has been translated into 21 different languages. And uh, we've been invited to go literally all over the world uh, speaking about our research and what we learned about improving results uh, through improving the way we communicate. And what we have found is everywhere we go, and I'd say this without exception, uh, people see American business as the leaders. They see us as having the best practices, the best technology, um, uh, the best ethics. And so people really see us as as the leaders of business in the world and and often we forget that we we look at a given market and we see foreign competition eating into it and we say boy are we a bunch of losers uh, mm-hmm. and in fact uh, uh american business is doing marvelous things and doing it very well my biggest concern um and i don't mean this to appear self-serving but my biggest concern is as business leaders we don't know how to get people to change behavior. And it's a time of phenomenal change, a market change, and then we do more of the same. Uh, we say, let's stick to our needing, our, 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 stick to our, what do we stick to, Byron? <laughs> knitting, we there we go. <laughs> what works, and that's the problem. It, it isn't working. Yeah. Nothing, nothing feels like success. And so you look at General Motors and they say, let's do what we do best, only let's do it better. And the market's calling for something else. And we get into these, entrenched in these habits, and leaders don't know how to influence their people to do things differently in order to address the changing market. And so that's my biggest concern. Um, and that comes back to our earlier discussion that we tend to do what we know, uh, we tend to lead the way we've been led, and we don't know what other alternatives are out there because we have no systematic way of thinking about how to change ourselves or others. And that's what led to us writing the Influencer book. Um, we, we were very interested in pervasive, persistent problems that people had given up on and that no one seemed to be able to solve. And we said... Those are the problems. If we can figure out how to solve those, then then running a, a, a business with 500 employees would be pretty simple. And so we began a systematic search in the year 2000 to find people worldwide who had taken on these pervasive, persistent problems and had not only solved them, but solved them systematically. Every time they go after it, they solve it again and have the data to prove it. And we identified uh, uh, Wewat Rajayapathiakorn, the Minister of Health in Thailand, who had had dramatically uh, flattened 
the growth curve of AIDS in Thailand. Uh-huh. And we said, how did he do that? And uh, we, we went to Atlanta and studied uh, how the Carter Center had almost uh, eliminated the largest human parasite, the guinea worm, uh, uh-huh. by influencing the behavior of 20 million people uh, to do things differently in their handling of water. And we said, how did they do that? Uh, we went to San Francisco and studied Mimi, uh, Mimi Silbert, who works with uh, convicted felons and and uh, people who are addicted usually to two or more substances like alcohol and cocaine. And after going through her program, which takes no government money, um, uh, 90% of the people who go through her program never return to crime. never returned to drugs or alcohol, and she's now treated 14,000 convicts and has the data to show that that five years later they're drug-free and and have never been arrested. We said, how did she do it? And we found that all of these people use the same methodology to influence these incredible behavior changes. And that's the the methodology that we think business leaders ought to be using in their businesses. It's the same methodology we think parents ought to be using, same methodology we think those of us who need to lose weight ought to be using. Uh, And so that's my hope for the future, especially with American business leaders, is that we'll get smart about how to change behavior and therefore change results. And, and the beginning part of the book uh, that, I've, that I've made through talks about all of those examples. It, it is really remarkable what you were, it, just your ability to isolate some of these examples. Can you go a little bit deeper into what you discovered about changing these behaviors and give people a little bit of a teaser with what, what some of the fundamentals, fundamentals are with regards to changing, changing behavior? Yeah, um, Here's probably the big idea of influencer, and that is that we do what we do and are so uh, find it so difficult to change because we're overwhelmed and blind. And what I mean by that is we're blind to the influences that cause us to do what we do. And so, for example... Um, let's say I want to lose 30 pounds and get fit. And so uh, I go on the Internet, I talk to some friends, I do some reading, and I figure a diet. I say, this diet, uh, low-calorie, uh, high exercise, if I follow that, I'll lose weight. And we go after it. Uh, a week later, we're down five pounds, we're jubilant. A month later, we quit, and we're not doing it anymore, and we gain the five original pounds back and another five on top of that. <laughs> Now, we ask, why wasn't I able to do that? And we answer with a character flaw, because I'm lazy, uh, because I'm not a strong-willed person, um, because um, I just don't want to bad enough, or I haven't hit bottom yet. And we are totally blind to the factors which influence us and keep us from changing. What we have found is that most of us, when we try a change effort, will tap into one source of influence, and when that doesn't work, we give up. We found there are six sources of influence, and that if you have one of those sources of influence working for you to help you change, but five are working against you, you're totally overwhelmed. 
you're overwhelmed, you're overmatched, you have no chance of being successful. When we studied the influencers, they use all six sources of influence to influence the change and by doing so make the change virtually inevitable. If they get all six sources of influence in place, people changing is inevitable. And if I'm working a personal change plan and get all six sources in place, then I will succeed. And, uh, and what I've done is taking overwhelming forces against the change and turn them around so they're helping enable the change. And that becomes the key, is the, using all six sources of influence for the change you're trying to make as a leader or as an individual. Where does accountability fit into the ability to execute your goals? Uh, two of the sources, the six sources, are social motivation and social ability. We call it support and teamwork. Mm-hmm. And so uh, an easy way to think about this is we are surrounded by friends or accomplices, uh, accomplices help us get into trouble. <laughs> Friends help us get out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And so, if say what I'm trying to do is quit smoking, and all my friends smoke, and when we break at, uh, at lunch, we all go out and we, we smoke together, and I decided, uh, Byron, I heard something in the background. Is that me or you? It was Looks like your it's gone. movie over at Amazon about your fabulous book. I couldn't turn it off quick enough, but go oh. <laughs> keep, keep well, it rolling. I, I can't wait to see hear it later, but I'll, I'll spare myself <laughs> from listening to it now. Go ahead. All right. Um, what what we what we find is if when I go out to lunch break, uh, all my friends are smoking, and I'm trying to quit smoking, mm. and I. I don't light up, but then they all offer me a smoke. They're being accomplices. They're helping me fail in my effort uh, to quit smoking. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if I go to the other side of the building and there are all these uh, people taking a brisk walk through the the parking lot to to re-energize and none of them are smoking, uh, by me joining with them and doing what they're doing, I've now got myself surrounded by friends rather than accomplices. Mm-hmm. And one of the keys to change, one of these uh, six sources of influence is getting the support of the people around me to enact the change I want. And mm-hmm. so if my loved ones, my friends, uh, they're working with me to succeed, they're encouraging me, they're holding me accountable uh, to the commitments I've made, that's a really important source of influence that will help me make the change. Um, now, if they're also joining with me in teamwork, and um, I find the best way for, for me to work out is to go to the gym, but I need help with the kids, and I've got a friend that says, look, why don't I watch the kids while you go to the gym, then you watch my kids while I go to the gym. Uh, they're providing me the teamwork that enables me to carry out my plan. And so we did a a major research effort. We found, uh, we did a survey of 3,400 respondents, and we found out that 
people who surround themselves with friends who actively encourage the change you're trying to make are 38% more likely to succeed than those who have one or more accomplices uh, uh, in their, their life. So that'd be an example of accountability to those who are supporting our change and uh, teamwork, those who will help uh, enable the change. Those are two of the six sources. If we have those two sources working for us, we're much more likely to succeed than if those two forces are working against us and tripping us up. The and, and and as you can gather, I could just talk forever. I'll, I, I'll, I'll only uh, ask you just one more question, but I, I, I look forward to future consulting and counseling, perhaps, on growing businesses with you. It, it's really fascinating. How much time, well, thank you. on a consulting level, how much time do you require to assess, say, a company's you know, patterns and, and behaviors and, and methodology of, 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 of a business um, and then, you know, identifying the problems and helping the management team or managers, you know, implement those, those changes. How much time, how hard of a project is that from your perspective? And what are the variables that you have to look at, size of the company, problems of the people and the managers? How do you, how do, you do something with this? Well, that, that's a great question, Byron. Um, we tend to think of three levels of intervention. The first <laughs> level is uh, professional development, helping to skill our people up so that they're better at influence, they're better at communication. And uh, that's a very simple training intervention where you get people through the training that's skill-based, they learn the skills, they practice the skills, uh, you help them identify cues for using in the workplace, and you turn them loose. And we've seen a lot of improvement coming come from just skilling up our people. Uh-huh. Um, a deeper level of intervention is there's a specific business result you want. You want to improve quality or you want to reduce cost, uh, or you want to uh, dramatically improve safety. When you take a, a, an exact result, then it requires some diagnosis to backtrack and say, what's the process that leads to that result? Who are the people involved? What are the crucial conversations they have to have? Are they doing that well? Are they doing it poorly? What are the behavior changes that are needed by that unique group of people to improve the result? And that diagnostic effort, depending on if it's a a 30,000-person organization or a 500-person organization, uh, could be done as quickly as one day or or 30 days. Now, then you plan how are we going to make that change, how do people have to to change to do that, what's our influencer plan, Uh, any skills they need, and... It could be that within three to four months, you've got the result, and it's dramatically improving by laying out that initiative. The third level is the toughest level, and that's what we call uh, culture change. And culture change is, say, our organization's very autocratic. Uh, People are intimidated. They won't speak up. They won't share their ideas. They won't push back. And we want to change to a very open, participative culture where uh, people speak up, they give their opinion, they confront uh, noncompliance uh, in respectful, helpful ways, 
and they create a much more healthy culture. Um, it used to be uh, that was considered a five-year process with an organization of, say, 5,000 people. We found now it can be done in 18 months um, because uh, we fine-tune that influencer process and we identify which of the six sources of, be, of influence are missing, how do we get those in place, and then it's uh, pretty magic as uh, people start creating uh, dramatic improvements. And uh, in these efforts, we find not only do results improve, but without exception, employee satisfaction improves as well. People love working in an environment like that instead of the old, more traditional environments that uh, are disrespectful to people and, uh, and um, stifling to, to initiative and creativity. Hmm. Ron, the, the new book is Influencer, The Power to Change Anything. Um, and uh, is there any connection point you want to leave with the audience if people have follow-up questions and or interest in hiring you to fix their businesses, of which I would maybe the first person in line. <laughs> um, uh, could you tell people how, how, how you, what, what would you like to hear from people and, and how they should get a hold of you? Oh, thank you, Byron. And uh, that's a real compliment coming from an entrepreneur like you that's been so successful in, uh, in creating a whole new way of getting information to people. So uh, I take that as a real compliment. Um, we would love to have people go to our website, which is uh, crucialskills.com, crucialskills.com. And um, uh, the people who, who sign up uh, within the, the, I'd say, the next two weeks, we're going to assume that they're uh, patrons of yours and they would get, they could sign up for our newsletter free of charge. And this is an internet newsletter. It's got several awards because we don't advertise uh, on it. Uh, rather, we inform people. We have our latest research. Uh, we do Q&As with the authors. And people find it really informative. And so if they go to crucialskills.com, they can sign up for the newsletter uh, free of charge. And... Um, uh, that'd be a wonderful way to invite them into our circle. And then um, uh, I'd love it for people, whether it's Amazon.com or their local bookstore, to, to check out uh, Influencer. I think it could really make a difference. Well, on behalf of my wife and I who have checked out Influencer, I'm peeling my way through it, enjoying every story and every page and, every, and everything you've put together with your with your colleagues, a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, a lot of great stuff from the book. It's really one of one of the most uh, interesting books I've read in a while, and I and I don't read probably as much as you do, but I've made my way around the the web and and uh, and uh, lots of different books and lots of different things have. There's so much overload out there, but I think your book can really help people uh, be better and understand the problems out there. So best of luck with the book. Uh, don't be surprised if we blow up your, your newsletter server <laughs> with, <laughs> with subscriptions. I, I'm going to do some tweeting and, and promotion on behalf of you. So once again, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you, Byron. I really appreciate you having me. And uh, uh, what a great interview. <laughs> you gave me a hard interview. Those are some tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> and you answered them with perfection. And as a result of that, we are now smarter 
better, faster, and wiser. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next week.